this week was a tough week. Um, when that decision came, I pretty much was very, very discouraged. And um, I came up to Pastor today to kind of share my heart, um, realizing that some of you may have been at the place where I was. Um, so it, it started out with being very discouraged and wondering where the world is going, what we are to do, and you know, what the body of Christ is going to be expected to do as a result of that. Uh, but the Holy Spirit rebuked me. He basically told me, you are relying on natural solutions for problems that are existing in the earth instead of relying on spiritual solutions for that which is materializing here. And that also brought me back to the scripture. When Christ came to the earth, he came to a very broken system. The system he came to was nothing in comparison to what we have now. He came to Roman oppression. And when people looked out for the Messiah, what they were looking for is a political Messiah, somebody who would deliver them from that political oppression. But Christ didn't do that. Christ used spiritual solutions to overcome. Okay, and uh, I felt like this is going to be a period of the beginning of some kind of oppression, I mean, persecution for the church. But at the same time, I felt like it's a very good place the church is going to find itself in because a great awakening is going to arise out of this. And this, the, the voice of the church in terms of changing people's lives is going to arise so much that it's going to drown out the machinations of the devil that he's set out through government. And I'm going to read to you one scripture, which is in um, Luke 117. And this was looking forward to the Messiah and looking forward to what people thought would be the political Messiah. Um, but here it is. He will be a man in the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will call those who are rebellious, underline rebellious, to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now, we are, as a church, are preparing ourselves as a bride, not only for ourselves, but for the second coming of the Messiah. Now, if we focus on that which we have authority in, in the spiritual realm, no matter what has been established by government, that which is spirit will trump that which is natural. And no matter what is going through in the government and what is required, when people's hearts are changed, it won't matter what has been established there. And so we, we just have to press in evangelism. We just have to press in in the spiritual realm and just extend God's kingdom. And, and so I just thought that would be encouraging to you because that really brought me to a place of encouragement this week. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. You know, the wonderful thing about it is that um, what happened this week did not restrain or derail God's plans. Wonderful thing that God's plans are established in the heavens. And so when I look at it, for me, in a way I should be, in a way I should act, in a way I should function, in a way I should pastor, nothing changes at all. That um, God's plans have not changed. 
It wasn't that over, over a 24-hour period, all of a sudden, God is like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do now. I'm really confused by this. Oh, my gosh. You know, the, these justices did this, and that wasn't, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do? Would Jesus, do you have any ideas, you know, type thing? And it's not that at all. It's not that at all. We are still the church. We are still the light in this world. You know, the, the thing about it is that if you study throughout history and whenever it seemed like that unrighteousness was was released or whatever or brought forth in the land, the church always prospered. The thing about it is that when you get in places where it seems to be, God, is this, are we in a darker place than we have ever been? The thing about it is as light, we're in a brighter place. We're in a greater place, praise God. You know, as, as I've been praying over this, the Lord told me, I felt like he told me four things. One is, is that he says, my command to you to love has not changed at all. To love every person because they are loved by God. No matter whether they are heterosexual, homosexual, black, white, no matter where they're from, nationwide, and ethnicity, and ethnicity, yeah, that thing, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I have been commanded by the Lord to love Him first and to love others secondly. Amen. We are commanded, and so, so our love is not diminished at all. You know that we continue to love and continue to share that love with everyone that God brings us in contact with. Secondly is that God's word has not changed one bit. That I continue to honor and obey God's word. You know, that that as a pastor, that no matter what has been decided by our Supreme Court, I know that which I, there's a higher law. You know, and I know that I am to follow that higher law. And so we honor and obey God's word. That the command that God has given us to go and make disciples have not changed at all. That we still have a mandate from our Father to go out to those that are in places of hopeless places and places that are in dark places and places that are deprived of the truth, whatever, and we share the gospel, the good news there's a reason why the gospel is called good news. Because when you're in a place and you realize that everything I thought I wanted to fill my heart, to make me happy, I am still empty on the inside. And when you're able to share that, listen, there is a kingdom that is upon you being presented to you, and all you have to do is to repent. And the kingdom of God is yours. It's an amazing thing. And God has still said that for us to go and to make disciples of all nations. And that should be the mission of the church. You know, not to, to wonder, oh my gosh, we can't do, the, can't do that. We continue to make disciples in all places with, in, with all people. You know, it, I believe the church is in a wonderful place to learn how to walk in love and in truth. To walk in love and in truth. Jesus did a, an amazing, phenomenal 
you know, walk as that's exactly how he walked. He walked in love, but he also walked in great truth. And the truth that he walked in never brought condemnation. You know, it never, it never uh, degraded a person. It never did anything like that. But truth brought them into a place of repentance. That his loving kindness always drawed people into a place of repentance. And lastly, I, I believe the Lord really has to say that it is his responsibility to bring people into a place of repentance. We are to pray. We are to love. You know, we are to walk in truth, not to be ashamed or not be fearful of sharing the truth. But we are, but we are to, to allow God, by his Holy Spirit, to draw people into himself, just like he, drew, he, he grabbed hold of your heart and drew you into a place of realizing, my heart is empty. My heart is hurting. My heart is in need of something greater than myself. And so I believe that the church, no matter what is happening, we are, we are you know, the church, the Christian the, the, the lives of us as Christians, we are not deterred by circumstances. We are not affected by circumstances. They're just circumstances that God is able to rise above and beyond and do great things. And so I want us to stand up if we would, and I'm going to ask Chip to lead us in our prayer. You said you had a prayer that you wanted to. And just as a church standing together and just praying over this moment, this time, and this season that we are in as, a, as, as Christians in our nation. Heavenly Father, we, um, first we say, Lord, begin in your house. Father, your judgments are good and just. You're for us and not against us. And Lord, we're saying we stand as, as we stand on behalf of our forefathers from generations past, and we ask for repentance. We, we, we pray, forgive us, Father. We stand in the gap where we operated out of religion, where we operated out of a gospel that didn't have hope for a people that were so oppressed by perversion and by confusion, Father. Father, we, 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 we operated in judgment instead of in mercy. Father, we ask for forgiveness, God. And, Father, we say begin with us, God. Begin purity in us. Deal with us in immorality and perversion in your own house, God. Lord, that you would, in your loving kindness, cause our hearts to return to you, that we would be the bright light and the beacon upon the hill. Lord, that we would be the people of God, that we would be the children of God, the heirs of salvation, shining brightly in the dark world. Father, we're saying, God, begin with us. God, that we would not hold the light under a bushel any longer, but, Father, that we would be the light set upon the hill. Father, we're asking, Lord, begin in your house. Lord, that we would be the people of God, that we would be the ones that the world would look to and go, surely they know God. They are the hope of the world. Father, we cry out for mercy. Mercy upon our nation. Mercy upon our leaders. Mercy upon the people of this nation that don't know you. And God, that you would send us out, Lord, as instruments of your mercy. Father, we thank you. We declare there is still hope for the United States of America. We break off that lie that there is no hope for our nation.
Father, even as other people in other nations, as I've seen, Father, are rising up and they're, and they're, they're speaking that over our nation, I declare, no, we are the gates of hope because we are abide in you. We declare there is hope for our nation. There is a bright future for our nation, and it includes the God of heaven and the God of earth. It includes you, Father, and you, Jesus, and you, Holy Spirit. And we say, come, come in awakening, come in revival, come in reformation, turn the hearts of a nation back to you, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Chip. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We agree. We agree with that. All right, you can be seated. Manuel? Hallelujah. I was about, about to say I'm not, I'm not going to preach today. They, they just set me up really well. I mean, everything uh, the Lord has placed on my heart. Um, just, just to say how much of a privilege it is to be a part of this conglomerate this body talented anointed people that God has placed here at Harvest Renewal Church I just I just want you to give God a strong hand clap for all of you because you know church is not something we do it's who we are so when we start understanding that God has given us a mandate to be that, that, that to be, just to be who he called us to be, I think that's when we start really seeing uh, where we're supposed to be. And I believe that, um, just touching up on everything, I believe that the church, uh, everyone's saying, well, we lost a battle. Well, we haven't lost a war. Read the end of the book. We win the war. And we engaged in warfare. And I, I just believe that the church just needs to change their position of the battlefield. I think they're, they're in the wrong position. I think they're trying to fight it in the natural realm, and we need to get back in position in the spiritual realm and begin to do that. So today I just want to touch up on, on some of these things. Is that okay with you? And I have a couple of minutes to do this, so bear with me. Amen? Amen. I, I just want to talk about being the resurrected body of Christ. Amen? Jesus resurrected. He resurrected. I mean, he, they were sitting in a room, and he walked through walls. Uh, he appeared anywhere he wanted to at the time he resurrected. And somehow, I, I started looking at these scriptures differently on the nature of Jesus when he walked here on earth and how he thought. He didn't think the way some of us Christians think, even myself. Sometimes I'm thinking inside of this reality and not realizing who I am in Christ. Amen? And um, as Christians, as Christians, which Christians means small Christ, as Christians, we have to start realizing our place. And God has sent me on assignment for the past six months all through the nations speaking on this very subject. So it's not by coincidence that God has set up everything that he has and that pastor asked me to do this. I believe that this body is so prophetic that when they place things in place, it's like a puzzle piece, and God puts it in place so like that we'll, everything will just flow into place the way it should be. Amen? How many know that God sets things up? Amen. So I, I just let you know that in battles that we fight, 
sometimes we're going to lose if we don't realize that the battle is the Lord's. It doesn't belong to the government because there's a higher, there's a higher government, which is called the kingdom. And if we don't realize that the kingdom of heaven is here, it's in us. We are the kingdom. Amen. We're, we're, we're so busy. I believe that a, a, a lot of churches, and I'm, I'm speaking in general here, a lot of people have uh, said, well, let's get people to the kingdom. How about bringing the kingdom to people? How about being a part of this kingdom and, and you being that portal, that, that, that gateway of the kingdom right there where you're at? How about allowing people to see God so manifested in your life that there is no devil in hell that can deny that God is in you. Are, are you hearing me? So, so if we begin to take this, this uh, war on a different in a different position. And so Ephesians chapter 1, I believe that Paul breaks it down for us. In verse 15, he's speaking to the church in Ephesus. And he's, he's saying there, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In verse 17, he says, For that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. The eyes of your mind, okay, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power. That ought to preach for itself today. I can close the Bible and leave. And dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world, but in the next. He put all things, I'll repeat that, all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things. To who? To who? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The answers to all the questions out there are right here. Every need that needs to be met are right here. In this conglomerate of people, this diversity, this who we call the body, everything that is needed is right here. I, go, I propose it again. I'll say it again. Everything that anybody needs is right here amongst us. Why? Because we're here to fulfill to be the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen? So I, I, have, I have a version of the Bible here, and I don't think he has it back there for this scripture. But there's a version that is called the, uh, it's a John Mitchell New Testament version. And in verse 17, I just want to read it out of there. It says, to the end, what the God of or pertaining to or reading the genitive as in a opposition, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory might give suddenly and impart to you a spirit, a breath effect, an attitude of wisdom and revelation. Check this out. Unveiling, uncovering, giving full disclosure 
within the midst of a full, experiential, and intimate knowledge of himself, in full realization of who he is, within and in union with his full personal knowledge and being a resident within an added insight from him, which is in him. I want us to get this this morning. You are in Christ. Christ, the hope of glory, he is seated in heavenly places. Everything was given to him beneath his feet, dominion, power, authority, every government, every system, everything beneath the earth and above the earth was given to him. It was given to him for dominion. And guess who's sitting right there in the middle, is smack dab in the middle of this earth, in this system, is his body, his fullness, his church, right now, and we have the authority and dominion in the spiritual realm to take on things that we think are in flesh and blood, but we fight not against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. So just give God a strong hand clap because you guys. I want you to understand that the function of the church is changing. Why? Because God is pushing us into position. I don't think these attacks that are happening are by coincidence. I believe that God is allowing it just so the church can be manifested. The earth is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. It is crying out, tornadoes, earthquakes, all of that. It's crying out and saying, I want you to get into your fullness. If you become the fullness of God here on earth, there will be righteousness here on earth. You can walk with this righteousness. I believe the way we're going to battle Satan alone is in, in, in all of his minions and all of his principalities and all the governors of darkness, everything that is happening. I believe the way we're going to battle this is walking in the fullness of Christ. When we begin to do miracle signs and wonders on the street, there's no way that hell will say that's not God. When we begin to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to do, there's no way anybody on this earth will say that's not supernatural. They'll have to admit that there's something supernatural. And it'll even be more significant when we say this is Jesus manifesting himself through us. So I believe that as an assembly, as the people who God has called ecclesia, the church, we have a function that God has given us to do and operate in. And I believe that we have to change our position. I see that a lot of us have been trying to fight from down here up. And this is the way we've taken it on. We've taken on so many things that we've called out demonic oppression and, and these things that are happening. And we've kept our focus on things that are happening in this reality. And because we've kept our focus on things that are happening in this reality, we have no other way to think and operate but on this reality. So then we start doing things in our own strength and we lose the battles because now we're trying to do it politically or we're trying to do it with words or we're trying to do it with our own power and our own strength and our own knowledge and our own wisdom. And then we lose that battlefield, that battleground, because God never told us to do that. He said, the battle is mine. In other words, let me take care of this. You rest in warfare. How do I rest in warfare? I have to change my position. I have to understand where I am. I have to understand how I'm going to fight. 
Now, I, I believe that in, in the Old Testament, I could see David fighting, but David had strategy. Say with me, strategy. Strategy was his strategy, I believe. All the time I would see him fighting, he would ask God first, how am I going to do this? And God said, this is how you're going to win this battle. And David was a warrior. He defeated tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of big giants and warriors who were known to kill and destroy all of their all of their all the people that they went up against but God had something different in mind when it came to David because David knew how to seek God first he knew how to ask God what should we do even in Ziglag when they had stolen everything that he had they had taken all of his people and his, the women and and his wife and his daughters and everything was taken from them he went and sought God first and he said should I go after them or should I not and the thing about it is that God told him and said yes go ahead why did he ask God first because he knew his position he knew that what he had came from God first everything that he had empowering him came from the Holy Spirit came from the Lord so he had to put himself in position. And what I liked about him is that when he would go and go into warfare, he would find the highest point of the mountain to look at the enemy, to see where their camps were, to see how many of them they had to go, to see where they were going to flank from, to see how they were going to flank them, to see where part, which parts were vulnerable. And when that position, that position changed his viewpoint. When you change your viewpoint, of where you are, you're going to see things differently. Therefore, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So this time, I'm not looking at the viewpoint down here. I'm up here looking down and making sure that what I see is going to be through his eyes and not through my eyes. Amen? He's connected us in such a way that when when, 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 when Jesus walked this earth, he had so many things he said, and these are statements I, I'll just say to you, many of you know them, so many things he said that really showed his dimensional thinking. He was not, he was not normal. I have an announcement for you. If you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you're no longer normal. You're out of your mind. Yes, you are, because you're no longer you're no longer part of this world, this world system. When this world, the world that they talk about is a system. You're no longer part of this system. Your system has been changed. Therefore, if your system is changed, now I have to learn the new system. And the new system is the kingdom. Living a resurrected life is learning what the kingdom says about where you're at. Learning what the kingdom says about what's going on. Learning what the kingdom says about this. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is upon you. The kingdom of heaven is with you. And why did Jesus speak in such ways? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Jesus said some things that are, that are very weird. He said, I only, I only do what I see my father doing. Okay, how, how can you see what daddy's doing up there if you're down here? That, that didn't make sense to me. I, I only do what I see my father do. So it gave me, it gave me an assumption that Jesus was visiting daddy every now and then. 
to see what daddy was doing. Or he had such a connection with daddy that he could see everything daddy was doing, he was doing down here. Are you getting this now? So I, 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 I need to understand, how do I look through God's eyes here on earth? I have to understand my position. Understand who I am in Christ. Understand that my position is in him first and foremost. So what does Ephesians chapter 2 say from verse 1 through 6? It tells us who we are. It says, okay, you are seated in heavenly places, right, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I ought to be hearing what daddy's saying. Somebody said this morning that we, we're, we, we ought to, we're in God's heart. We ought to hear God's heartbeat. Amen. I'll just put it this way. God gave me something several months back, and he said, you know, when, when, when Moses climbed up to the mountain and everything down Exodus chapter 19, everything down here seemed as though it was chaotic. The mountain was shaking. The, the, the smoke was coming up from everywhere. There was, there was loud noises and trumpets, and, and people were afraid because they saw everything chaotic. But up here in God's presence, it was God's voice that Moses was hearing. Down here, everyone was hearing all of this craziness. And I'll just propose to you that if you're hearing all this craziness, you're not close enough to hear God's voice. You have to climb to hear God's voice. You have to get up and understand who you are to hear God's voice. Another thing, if God has to yell at you, I have kids, and sometimes he has to yell, right? If they're too far away, right? They walked off in the store. You told them ten times not to walk off in the store. First thing you do is like, where are you? You know? My mom had to call me several times. Manny! And I'm like, you know, because I was too far away. Are you so far away that you can't hear God whisper? Because Elijah went up to a mountain and the time when he was there, he saw the fire shaking, all this religious stuff that we're waiting for God to do, right? And we, sometimes we have this expectancy that God's going to do all this great and, 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 and all this stuff. We have this imagination of, oh, yeah, I want to see God move this way, right? But we're not close enough to God to hear his small, still voice. Just a whisper that says, what are you doing here? Just a whisper that says, you know, if you change your position, you'll see I have 7,000 more down there who haven't bowed their knee to any of this stuff that the government's doing. They haven't, they haven't done anything to shift the way they think, right? But yet you over here saying, oh, God, what are we going to do? We're going to die. America's going, going down to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, God's like, change your position. If you get up here, you're going to see what I'm up to. I'm setting this thing up to have a love revolution. I'm setting this thing up so the church can get stronger. I'm setting this thing up so there'll be awakening in the United States of America. I'm setting it up so the church can get into position. And once they start realizing who they are, the manifestation of the sons of God will be so glorious here. People, just normal people who go to church will be manifesting the love and the power and the anointing of God everywhere they go. And people will have no clue but to say this, God is real. Amen? 
Jesus lives. If we're going to be an effective body, a resurrected body, then we have to start thinking like a resurrected body. Here's another, here, here's another uh, weird, weird thing that happened with Jesus, and I want him to pull it up in John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Jesus is having a conversation with a very prominent, very wise man who is known in all of the, the region as, as a Pharisee, and he's, he's a teacher, and his name is Nicodemus. But um, I, I, I put it in this version because I thought this was quite interesting. But if you read the other version, all he says, it says, truly, I say to you, we speak what we know and what we have seen. We testify and, we, and receive not our witness. And then Jesus tells him, verse 12, I'm going to read it out of this version. Since I tell you or if I told you folks the earthly things or one situations and you folks are not continuing in belief. And do not presently believe or not proceeding to trust. How will you continue to believe or trust if I should speak to you the things or situations upon the heavens? Or the super heavenly occurrences or the fully heavenly things taking place? The things or folks being in position or control upon the atmospheres. Listen to this. Jesus is speaking. And this is out of the pure Greek here that I'm taking this from. This is out of the Greek. And it's being translated. And Jesus is telling him and saying, if I have to explain to you these things in the natural realm, how can I explain to you spiritual things? If you still have not grasped what it is that I'm trying to say, you still have not got it. And then something interesting here, Jesus says. In the King James Version, he says, no one has ascended into heaven, but he that descended from heaven, the son of man who is in heaven. In this version, he tells him, he says, you know what? No one has descended or stepped down from heaven except for the son of mankind, humanity's son, one continually being within the midst of heaven and in the atmosphere. Every, even one person climbed up into heaven or the sky, not at one point, descending from the midst of heaven. This is what he's saying right here. He's saying, listen to me. I'm here and there at the same time. You're looking at me here. But I'm not only here, I'm there too. So if you're going to get this, you have to change the way you think and where you think you are. We've been thinking that we're here. And really, you're not only here, you're there also. So if you want to really be in position, you have to understand what Jesus was saying here. He was telling him, he was saying, look, listen, no one has ascended except the one that's right here in front of you. No one has done or seen the things in heaven except the one that's right here in front of you. But I got good news for you. Jesus died on the cross, resurrected from the dead, gave us his spirit so we can have the same access that he had when he was here on earth. So guess what? Now, now, I can see things that are happening in the spiritual realm, not only here on earth, but I can see things that are happening up there, too. Oh, this, this is going to blow your mind. You're going to say, no, that's too crazy. I'm rational um, and all this stuff. Uh, you, you know what? Bill Johnson says something very interesting, and he says, 
he says that faith is superior to reasoning. Faith is superior to reasoning. So if you're going to understand how you're going to get, how you're going to ascend into this place of you have to have faith that what Christ did, he did it for you. He did it so you can come boldly before the throne of grace. He did it so you can be seated right there in heavenly places. So when daddy whispers in his ear, you can hear it too. So when, when daddy says something in the heavens, you'll hear it. So when daddy says, okay, do you want to know what's going on? You can automatically tap into that. It's sort of, it's sort of like FaceTime without a phone. Amen? <laughs> you can have FaceTime with God without a phone. And you're tapping into this, into this spiritual realm, into this place. But you see, we have to change our mindset. Because for a long time, we did church. And we came to church just to receive. As if we can't receive at home. Well, I'm here to change your frequency. If it was on 104.7, I'm going to change it to the frequency of God so you can begin to understand who God is and begin to receive from God and everything that he has for you. Not all are prophets, but all could prophesy. Not all are called to, to do these certain types of ministry, but I believe that we're all called to hear God. We're all called to be close to him. Jesus came to give us relationship to the Father. He came to give us access to the Father. He came to say, you know what? What my Father is doing right now, I can do it, and you can do it too. And even greater things that I'm doing, you're going to be able to do. You're going to be able to see things that I'm, I'm seeing right now, and you're going to do greater things. You know, something that really interested me was Matthew chapter 16. And um, it's, well, right before that, Right before that, I want, I want to touch on something. Right there, Jesus is telling Peter, he's saying to him, hey, look, listen, you just announced to me that I am the son of God. Remember that? He said, he said um, who do men say that I am? And they all said, uh, some say you're the prophet, some say you're a teacher, some say you're this. And they're talking on his natural realm, right? On, on the things, his abilities, his things he can do naturally, right? And so everybody's, uh, you know, titling you with all these abilities that you have, and they, and they love titles, you know, even here on earth, and everybody's just throwing titles to you. But then he asked him, he said, who do you think that I am, right? Now, it's a different thing when you have a relationship with somebody, and they're going to give you their, their exactly who they think you are. And now... Peter announces and says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, and flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So at that very moment, Peter is receiving a frequency that is beyond our very ears, beyond our very common reality here. And he's receiving this frequency directly, a portal from heaven, directly from God, saying and announcing who that person is. And so Jesus begins to tell him and say, okay, this is, this is what's going on. But let me, let me show you something else. In Luke chapter 9, when Jesus climbs up to the mountain to pray. Now, how many times did Jesus apart himself to pray? If you read uh, the four Gospels, you're going to see that Jesus aparted himself and went up to the mountain to pray. He went up here and he went up to pray. But in this experience, he takes three disciples with him just to see what goes on in his prayer time. Isn't 
that awesome? He said, come, come, come with me. I'm going to show you what happens in my prayer time. And, of course, during his prayer time, you know, their reality sets in. We're tired. We don't got all the day to be here on a, you know, just praying. So they fall asleep, which I think is a picture of the church today. You know, Jesus is like, hey, I got you up here. We got, I mean, I got the glory here. You're right here with me. But you asleep. So then they, they wake up and they see like this, this whole picture going on of things, you know, some heavenly things going on. You know, you got Elijah there, you know, God translated him and, and took him up and, you know, in and, and a whirlwind. And then you have Moses there, his body disappeared and, and he was, whoa, hi, you know, what's going on here, you know? And the first thing they want to do is make a religious experience out of it, right? Right? Let's, let's close this thing up and make it a church. Let's build a building around it. <laughs> Let's build a denomination, you know. We can have the denomination of Elijah, the denomination of Jesus, and the denomination of Moses. This is going to be great. But then Daddy, in his beautiful voice, you know, he just comes out. He just says, hey, hey, hey. This is my son. Hear ye him. In other words, everything that he's doing, do that. Everything that he says to do, do that. Because this experience that he's having is probably not the first time that he's had it. And maybe if you could get into this, you too can have these experiences, right? Hey. And hey, hey, I didn't ask you to shut it up in the four walls of some tabernacle. I wanted to go out into the world, my glory invading every part of the United States and all of the earth. I want my glory cloud everywhere. I want you to carry this thing. I want you to be everywhere. Everywhere you go, I want people to know that my son is with you. And so this, this, whole, this whole thing... Of, 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 of Christ just showing us how he did. And it was just, it, it's, it's, it's out of this world. Look at your neighbor and say, it's out of this world. <laughs> he walked here in the flesh, but he was in the spirit. He was dimensionally, these dimensions that he had. I, I, I'll even go further. There's some weird statements Jesus said. There was a man laying down there, and they said that he was waiting for some angel to come down, which worked for Jesus anyway. Right? This angel that worked for Jesus, you know. Jesus knew that he was out on vacation. It's like, he ain't coming down today. But then it's this weird statement. Jesus is like, hey, what are you doing there? <laughs> it's like, what are you waiting for? Like, I mean, this is Jesus now. He, he knows everything, right? But what kind of statement is that to say to somebody who's been sick for, like, so many years? Like, why, you know, what kind of statement is that? Or, 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 or looking at some blind guy and say, what can I do for you? <laughs> right? Th those are just weird things that Jesus said. He's like, come on, man. I mean, I'm blind. Right? But I propose to you that Jesus never saw the man lame. 
and he never saw the man blind. Because his dimensional, his dimensional eyesight saw them healed. So he was just bringing them into their real selves. And this is, my God, and this is why he questioned them. Because he's like, hold on, I don't see what you see. You say you're blind? It's okay, it's okay. you just receive your healing. And I'm proposing to you that, that to see the supernatural happen, you have to see it first. You want to see people come out of a wheelchair? See them walking. See who they are in heaven. Hey, hey, Jesus. Come on, Daddy. See who they are in heaven. If you see who they are in heaven, then you're automatically going to be positioned to take them to that place. You're going to be able to lead them to that portal of heaven because now you're going to see who they are in heaven. If you see someone who's in homosexuality, see who they are in heaven. You're not a homosexual. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. You are a child and a son of God. If you see somebody who's, who's living in sin and whatever, I, I, people look at me like I'm crazy because I walk down, I see drug dealers. I don't see a drug dealer. I see a prominent businessman. Like, you're crazy. Yeah, if I could just translate you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, everything would be different. See, I got to see you through the kingdom of light first in order for me to go ahead and have the boldness to come to you and say who you are. Because if I start identifying who you are, hey, instead of for what you do, now God is going to manifest himself through that, and we're going to be the resurrected body of Christ. All right, I'm going to end this. <laughs> this is so much we could chew on here, right? Jesus says something else that was very astounding. And, um, and I, I believe he said this early on uh, when he was talking to somebody. And, and he said, you know what? You'll see the Son of Man. The angels will be ascending and descending on him. And I was like, okay. So I put that together with Genesis 28 when Jacob saw the ladder right and Jacob was like whoa what's this angels ascending and descending right and we have a different picture of that sometimes we think the angels were descending and ascending right you say well no no they were ascending and descending so there there are angels here angelic beings here on earth that are sent here on assignment okay and I'll propose to you, they're sent here on assignment to be uh, next to the church. Uh, they're just waiting for us. They're waiting for us to say something. They're waiting for us to, to, to move on, uh, uh, in, in, into the place that God has called us. But here, Jacob sees something, and he, he beholds this, and he says, wow, this is awesome. But then God appears right at the, the top of this stairway, and he tells him who he is. Like, I'm the God of Abraham and your father Isaac. And I'm your God, too. Whoa, okay. He gets his vision. He wakes up, and then he tries to build, you know, you know, he goes ahead, anoints the rock he was sleeping on. You know, he got a little religious with it, you know. Say, hey, this will be Bethel. You know, this will be the house of God. And then God just presented to him who he was, and he didn't even know it. Because he wrestles with an angel to try to get his blessing and, and all this stuff. And God's like, hey, dude, don't you get it? You're blessed. I love you. I have called you. And in the Old Testament, 
in the old covenant, you could not see God and live. So it had to be in visions. It had to be in stuff. God took Zechariah in Zechariah, uh, uh, Zechariah chapter 40, took him to the high mountain to ascend, to see more things in through his eyes. But as you look at this, you begin to understand God the Father. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, Revelation chapter 1, here goes John. And we'll conclude with this. John gets up to heaven and he sees Jesus. He's like, whoa, eyes of fire. Good God. Wow. Bright robes and everything's just looking so awesome. And the first thing he does is in his religious mind, he does what the old covenant says to do. I'm going to die. Boof. And he falls on his face and he's just like lays there. He's like, am I dead yet? You know? I just saw God. I should be dead. But then this hand just comes out and just puts it right on his shoulder. And it's Jesus himself. He says, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he says, stand to your feet and write what you see. Speak what you hear. Take your position. Take your position. In Revelation 7, he says, come up here. Come up now. Take your position, church. Take your position. Do not be wavered by all these things that are going on and begin to ascend into that place that you belong. You're no longer seated here and laying down like Mephibosheth. You don't need to lay down on the floor. Now God has you seated at his table. You have access to secret things in the throne room. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I propose to you that when Peter got that revelation, his shadow began to heal. Because it no longer was his shadow, it was the shadow of the Most High. Get the revelation of where you belong. Position yourself. And say, you know what, God? We're going to take this to a different dimension. Let's stand to our feet this morning. psalmist said, he said, who shall ascend to the hill? Who shall go up into this place? Every time God wanted to speak to his people, it was from a mountain. It was from a position, a vantage point. People can see things. Your problems get smaller when you're up high. Things that look so big here on earth become smaller when you're higher up. Your eyesight begins to see more beyond the realms of what you believe. Your belief system is totally annihilated, and now you begin to have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. It just... You just need to train your soul to catch up to it. I guarantee you, if the church begins to change their position, many of these things that we think we're losing will begin to see that we'll begin to win in the spiritual realm. This is an opportunity for the church to begin to grab what God has said they have. 
begin to take that place. Daddy, I'm here. Daddy, whoa, Daddy, I'm just in love with you, and I just love that I'm there. Stephen being stoned, he said, I see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that God is saying to us, see yourself there. Take on this position. See how the principalities that are here on earth, in these regions, in Richmond, in all areas of the United States of America, how they are under the feet of my son, Jesus. And they are under your feet. Let my glory be manifested in your body in such a way. Let everything that you need to know be in me. Let the knowledge and wisdom and the fullness of who I am invade your space. Invade your reality. Invade who you are. I just love my people so much. I just love. I'm not angry at what just happened. I'm disappointed. But I love you. And I love you enough. And I love my people enough. And I love my sons and daughters enough. To change this. To bring it to a new dimension. And I'm calling my church, my body, to myself. To come into me. So I can be manifested here on earth. So I can show you who I am here on earth. So, Father, we just thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes, Papa. Yes, Daddy. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Daddy. Yes, yes, yes. And I just feel Daddy saying, just change your position this afternoon. Just... Just just climb up. Just come up. Just come up. Come up. You're invited to this banquet. You're invited to this awesome power. You're invited. All of you are invited. There's nobody special. There's nobody who I've anointed specially. I just love everyone. And I just invite you into me, into my presence, to my glory. <laughs> yes, Daddy. <laughs> Yes, Daddy. Yes, yes, Daddy. Oh, and I just, I just feel as though as you begin to do this daily, you just begin to say, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have position in the kingdom. Angelic forces. <laughs> All these angels that have been released and dispatched in our favor. And everything that we are asking God to do, things that just begin to change. And I'm, saith the Lord, I'm coming into your atmosphere. Pastor Cindy shared something with me. She said somebody had saw a portal of heaven open over this church. And I can tell you this much. There are portals that are going to be open over your houses, over your lives, over your businesses, over your jobs. Portals of heaven being open. And God said, grab what you want up there. 
Somebody needs a new leg, just grab it. Somebody needs some healing, just grab it. <laughs> hey, hey, Daddy, yes, yes, yes. So I'm just going to make just one call here. It's sort of like Daddy's heart in my heart. Just calling you to your position. And I could see many in the spirit realm, they're just like laying down, like, God, what are we going to do? I could see some of them asleep. <laughs> I could see some that are, that are shaken, you know, a little bit scared and skeptical about climbing up because they don't know what they're going to see. Everything's shaking down here, you know? And I could see how some people are just frustrated and just, just don't know where God is at the time and moment. I'm just going to call you into your position. I'm just going to call from daddy's heart. I'm just going to say, come up here. Come up now. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited. Step into yourself. Your real self is right here. Your real self is right here. The one I created you to be is right here in this position. The place I have called you to is right here in this position. You just come into it and just come into it and just let me invade everything that you are, everything that you think. Let me just come into that place with you. You come into this place with me and let me come into that place with you. And I'm just going to call you. And I'm going to ask that if you want to take that position that you just, just, just in a, in, in a, a prophetic act that you just come up here, come up to the front. Just in a prophetic act. Taking your position. And you can just feel daddy's hand touching your shoulder and saying, you're in the right place. <laughs> just... lose yourself in him get out of this reality this place where you think that things have gone so south that you can't even come back from it <laughs> and God is just showing me you know how he showed Moses you know he said look at all that right there <laughs> been going through all this desert experience right and look at what's right in front of you from this vantage point look from this position you're going to see it and you're not only going to see it but you're going to walk into it because if you believe you'll see the kingdom but if you're baptized with water and the spirit you'll walk into this if you receive what I'm saying to you out of my word, if you just have faith enough, you'll climb up. Whoa, Daddy, yes. Yes. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Daddy. Yes, yes. Yes, Daddy. 
Yes, Daddy. Yes, yes. And all the healing you need is right there. <laughs> hey, Daddy. Yes, yes, yes. All the wisdom you need is right there. All the knowledge you need is right there. Everything that you need is right there. It's right there. It's at your grasp. It's right there. 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 It pleases me to give my children good things. Yes. 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 It pleases me to see you anointed. It pleases me to see you doing great things here on earth. It pleases me. Hey. Hey. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. Yes. Yes, Daddy. Whoa. Yes, Daddy. Hey. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. And if you're still struggling in your mind, just go further. Just go further. Say, you know what? I'm going to leave that behind right now. I'm just going to go further. <laughs> I'm going to climb up and get deeper in God. I'm going to deeper, deeper. There's a deepness in God. This is overwhelming Love and his overwhelming power. Whoa, Daddy. Yes. Just soak in it for a little while. Just soak in it. Soak. Presence. <laughs> Soak in it. <laughs> Let that glory cloud saturate you. Don't come out of it. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Let the glory cloud just surround you. Let Daddy's voice just be a resounding, awesome presence in your life. Hey, hear daddy whisper, saying, I love you. <laughs> daddy just whispering to you. Just telling you how awesome it makes him feel that you're sitting right there with him. Mmm. Mmm. Pastor to come and close this out. <laughs> Whoa. You know, we're here as the body. Thank you, Lord. Now, every piece of us, every one of us is a piece of what's necessary right here, right now. Every single one of us. And when we're connected the way we are right now, ascending in his presence, there's nothing that will stop the body from doing what it has to do. The gates or the portals of hell should not prevail against the church. No gate. And he's given us the keys to release the gates and portals of heaven. Hey. Right here on earth. 
Today we just release them right now. We release the portals of heaven over this place, over our lives. Just go ahead and release it. Just say, I release right now. Right? I have the keys to loose and bind. <laughs> I loose right now the portals of heaven over my life. In Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Thank you, my friend. Just thank, just thank the Lord for Emmanuel this morning, everyone. Praise God. Hallelujah. Great word. Such a timely word from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Guys, y'all are dismissed today. We love everyone.